Hello everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host Yolanda and today I am so excited to have a special guest with us on the show. Her name is Renata and she is actually, well was, one of my Reiki students and Renata is now a Reiki master teacher. She teaches Reiki in San Diego and in San Francisco. She offers distance sessions and intuitive readings and you can learn more about Renata on her website, whiteeaglereiki.com. So, hi Renata, welcome to the show. Hello Yolanda, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. I am so excited to have you here. It seems like I've been waiting for you to come on the show for years now, so I'm really excited that I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm so grateful and honored to be a guest on your show I have learned so much from you, and I've been following your podcast since you started, like 2013 or 14, right? Yeah. And the meditations, like the wisdom and insights that you shared um, have really helped me through some very challenging times, so thank you. It's an honor like to be your student. It's an honor to be on the show with you. Uh, that means everything. And you know, it, for me, is like the best just being able to be a part of what you're experiencing and being able to watch you grow over the years, which another thing is I'm so excited for you to come on today and share your story with people because so many people in the Reiki community or just anyone practicing self-connection, a lot of times we think that, you know, there aren't people out there who can relate to what we're experiencing or what we're going through. So I'm excited that you are willing to share your story with everyone. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I guess I came a long way and I recognize that now and I feel proud of myself. I mean, I know there's still a long way. We're always learning, but I feel comfortable at this point like sharing yeah. how I got to learn Reiki and where I'm at right now. So how did that all start for you? Um, and this will be so interesting to hear because I don't even know. <laughs> how did your journey, <laughs> how did this all start for you with the self-connection, like even prior to Reiki? Okay, so I guess if you were just starting with my childhood, you know, to uh, make sense of the story. So since I was a kid, I was exposed to spiritual practices and growing up, I always enjoyed reading mystic stories and reading self-help books. I remember when I was 10 years old, my mom took me to a Japanese church in Brazil, and I would be in those circles with other kids and would learn about meditation and listen to topics about how important it is to follow our dreams and engage in positive thinking and all that. You know, as a teenager, I read the book, uh, Louis Hayes' book, You Can Heal Your Life, mm -hmm. and also was a fan of Lubus Caglia, uh, his, I read his book, Live, Love, and Learn. So all this, and I was really exposed to all these types of teaching from an early age. And then as a teenager, I did struggle with some of my feelings and questions so much about life. I was very inquisitive. Yeah. So I wanted to understand my feelings and how to handle them. I think that's why I read many of those uh, self-help books. You know, I used different mediums to express myself at the time and my way of expression was through drawing and writing poetry sometimes i write like songs and play on the guitar and bring it to church you know to play with the kids so those are ways that i found to express myself That's and cool. deal with the stuff i was going through and so i got older and went on and to get my bachelor's degree in computer science because I really enjoyed programming at the time. And while I was so engaged in that for a few years, in my mid-twenties, I kind of neglected my spiritual side, you know, the stuff that I was learning as a kid. I was enjoying my career as a computer programmer. Then I got a master's in business administration and had all of these plans for my mm -hmm. career. You know, like when you, you want to climb the career ladder. Right. Then my early 30s arrived, and I was feeling very unfulfilled at the job I had at the time. And uh, I was also heartbroken from a relationship that had ended. So I was feeling quite miserable, and at least I thought so at the time. Um, I wanted, like, a fresh start, so what I decided to do was to quit the job I had, uh, which was a pretty scary decision, 
Then I traveled to Japan to attend a spiritual seminar. Wow. Uh, that was, yeah, that was great. It was such an amazing experience. Woke up at 5 in the morning, I would see the sunrise and meditate and do a, a lot of group activities. So that was a wonderful training for me. Then I came back to the U.S. and already had quit my job. So what I decided to do was pack my bags and I went on a three-month trip to England and Europe. I don't know if I ever told you that. But, You're so, so adventurous. No, I thought just looking at you now, I'm always amazed by how adventurous you are. But my goodness, like so much more than I even knew. So you went to Europe for yeah. three months. Yeah, so I lived in England. Um, I knew like a Brazilian person that lived there. So I lived in this house with like eight Brazilian people. And I was just, you know, exploring life there and seeing um, what was there for me, you know, and before I came back, I went on a backpack trip to Europe all by myself. Um, so my intent with that trip was like, to heal from past hurts while I was trying to figure out what to do next with my life. Right. I mean, you can imagine it was, it was very emotional for me. Yeah. You know, there's a saying like, wherever you go, there you are. Right. You share yourself with, with you and no matter how far you travel, you still have to deal with your own emotions. But at the time, I was really determined, like, to step out of my comfort zone and explore new lands and do things I haven't done before. Just that's the adventure side of me, you know. Um, so, yeah, I spent three months there, came back to the U.S., eventually got a new tech job, and, and then I started to explore some new hobbies, you know, because I was really questioning my purpose. So I figured if I engage in new hobbies, maybe you'll help me figure out and learn more about myself, figure out what to do. Yeah. So I try, I tried DJing, like I bought like DJ years and <laughs> I was like taking DJing classes um, and after that I did photography, like I bought an expensive camera and after that I did video editing, I bought a Mac and a camera <laughs> like, and oh my God, I, was, like, I always had like some expensive hobbies but like I'm going to allow myself to see what's next for me, you know. Meanwhile, I, know I had a, my job and I was doing all those hobbies on the side. And they're all fun, and I, you know, I'm glad I allow myself to explore them. But I felt there was still a missing piece in the equation for me. You know, I still I was still questioning my purpose. Yeah. So in 2011, I joined a clairvoyant meditation group, and that was the kick I needed, you know, to get in touch with my intuition and the non-physical world again. Right. And I, I started practicing meditation with a friend. Um, and then one day he asked me if I would like to enroll in a Reiki class with him. And I remember telling him, like, I, I'm, sh I'm not sure how Reiki works, but I'm interested. <laughs> you know, I did it. I never had a session before. Yeah. Um, so we got your contact info from another friend. And then we signed up for Reiki Level 1 with you. That was back in March 2013. Yeah. Um, you know, from there, it felt like my life took a different turn. Like, the growth period started happening more often. I started to experience some major energetic shifts. I, I was feeling the big transformation, like, even though I didn't quite understand what was happening. Right. Um, I didn't know how to explain it. It was all very intense, and I, I quickly became more sensitive to other people's energies and even places. I remember, I think I've probably mentioned this to you, like after taking Reiki 1, I walk into a store or a crowded place and I'll pick up on the energies around me and sometimes I'll feel dizzy that um, I'll have to leave the room. So I was excited about what I was learning and experiencing, but at the time I wasn't quite sure like how to protect my energy field. Right. So I was being a sponge to outside energies. I feel like a lot of people, they're, you know, learning Reiki 1 or level 2. If they don't protect their energy field, it's so easy for us to absorb outside energies. You yes. know, and, and that definitely affects us. But now, you know, I learn other techniques that, that help me a lot, like how to protect my energy. Yeah. Especially when I'm around crowds or people that I don't feel very comfortable being around. So... Um, also, I remember you telling us like, to write on our journals about what we experience, um, what kind of experience we're having when we're giving a Reiki session to others, and also to pay attention to our dreams. Yeah. So I woke up in the morning and I'd write all my dreams and see how they related 
to the things I was going through in my personal life. There were so many revelations through my dreams that I was quite impressed with how things were revealing themselves to me. Um, you know, sometimes we take our dreams for granted, like we don't pay attention to them. Right. But then when I started writing down and seeing how things were unfolding, I was like, wow, that makes sense, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. So I experienced all that for like a month, and I really, right after that, I took, I decided to take Reiki level two. And that was even more intense. Yeah. You know, it reminded me of the movie Matrix. Like, once you take the red pill, <laughs> there's no coming back. <laughs> That's such a good analogy. Yes. Like, you go down the rabbit hole. You know, that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Like, you no longer perceive life the same way. Like I became more intuitive and started to get this download of information during meditation and even my sleep. Um, I also, during Reiki Level 2, I met, I consciously met my first spirit guide and started to work with him during the Reiki session. Yeah. I learned to ask for his guidance about, like, where to place my hands and on the client and keep the messages I was receiving during a session. I know I've always been very visual, and that, that skill started opening up even more after Reiki 2. So I was learning not to overanalyze, like, the images that are or the message that I, messages that I was receiving. Yeah. And um, even if they didn't make much sense to me, maybe it could mean something to the client or perhaps reveal something to them that they were not aware of. Right. We are so used to being logical and trying to make sense of everything that's going on, you know. Um, so that was a part of me that I discovered and I learned to work with. Like, whatever the images are being presented to me, there's a reason why I'm seeing them. And if I feel comfortable or if I feel it's a good thing to share, I'll share with the client and see and let them what it means to them, right? And that's when everybody's telling us that, like, just just share, but it might not mean something to us, but maybe you, you think relate to something that's happening in their life. Can I, I want to ask you something about that, because a lot of people wonder about this, especially when they're first starting out with Reiki. What was it like for you, the difference between, say, the very beginning, how information came through to you? Like, if you're working on a client, and you know how you, at first you might sense, you know, something in your hands and this type of thing. How did that change for you over time? And do you have any tips for people who are just starting out and really trying to connect with what it is they're sensing during sessions? Mm-hmm. So initially, I remember, like, following the form, like, oh, I have to place my hand in certain, you know, certain chakras and mm-hmm. certain way. Like, I was really concerned with the form and the theory. Right. And I was, I wanted to feel that tingling in my hand. Like, I want to feel the heat of the cold. Like, I was trying to relate to what it was in the book. And and when I didn't feel it, I was like, oh, maybe I'm doing something wrong. So you become, like, very self-conscious. Yes. But then the best thing for me was to learn to trust and to work with my guides. So when I'm doing a session, I don't feel I'm there alone. Like, my guides have their hands out on the client. Right. I have experienced before clients say, oh, I feel like it was more than two hands in my body. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you are working with your guides. So I build that relationship with my spirit guides. So they're always there. And I feel, I just listen to the intuition. Like, sometimes, you know, like, I'm, I have my hands on, honestly, on the third chakra, but then... I feel called to touch their heart or to move to their leg. Like, there's no specific sequence I follow. I try to do all the chakras and things in order, but there are moments that I feel like being being called to a certain part of the body that yes. I should work on. Right. So, for me, following the intuition works much more than trying to follow the form. Of yes. Being concerned that hands should be in a certain position where I should spend three minutes here, and then, you know what I mean? Yep. So... Yeah, it definitely helps. Like when you trust, then don't be, don't be judging your practice. Just let it flow, and maybe try different things and see how it feels for you. That um, is perfect. Yeah, that was a big difference. That's something I learned over time, and it's much easier now to work that way. And yeah. I feel people have great results. Like they, what they tell me, how they experience the passion, even the remote passion. That was a big thing. Let's yeah, talk about. 
this and Reiki with people, they're like, what? You know, I, I don't get it. <laughs> um, so when they actually experience a, a, a distant passion, when, why they're being aware of it, you can, they can feel the energy. Yes. So, yeah, that was, that was huge, like, to learn about distant passion. Yeah, the distant sessions helpful. are, like, one of my favorite. And I wanted to ask you, too, before we get to, because I know your journey continues into, you know, you being a Reiki master now and teaching Reiki and all of these wonderful things. Um, what is something you've learned about yourself or even just life in general, like, since you started practicing, you know, and doing the energy work and the meditation, everything in your practice? What have you learned Gosh, so many things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm always learning about myself. It's yes. endless. Uh, I definitely learn more about self-love. You know, and that's huge. I think for anything in my life, uh, I mean, that's something I actually want to talk about and it's part of my story. You do, when you go through that process of self-love, you honor who you are, you honor, honor your emotions, and you start p- choosing more uh, healthy relationships, yes. whether it's like, I'm not just talking about love relationships, but like friendships and choices that you make in your life because you become aware of who you are and yep. what's important to you. So that's a process that I went through, like really learn who I am, what I like, and not be afraid to be who I am around other people. I mean, of course there are fears that we have to overcome and sometimes they will come up. But when you learn more about who you are, it's easier to, I feel like it's easier to deal with them because you, you know who you are and what do you want to do and nothing can stop you. It's so true. You know, like, it's not that you're being, like, bold and arrogant. It's more about honoring what your higher self is asking of you. Yes. So, for me, that was a big change and I feel like I transformed very much since I started Reiki Level 1 and where I'm at now. That is huge. And one of the things you said I think is so good for people to know, too, is that it is ongoing. I mean, it's your growth. It doesn't end. And it's not like you get to Reiki master level, then all of a sudden there's nothing left to learn or know. or Yeah, no, it keeps (laughs) going. Tell me about it. Like, I think I asked this before. I asked another, you know, another teacher of mine. Does it get easier? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't get easier, but... What ha- I feel the difference now. Now we have all these spiritual tools to work with. Yes. So before I had no idea how to handle those situations or how to deal with my feelings or how to heal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. But now we have all those new tools that we we have available to us, and we know how to connect the source energy. We know how to work with them, guys. So it makes a big difference. Yeah. You know? That is so, I agree. I was just telling someone that earlier today. I'm like, no, you still have, you know, life's challenges, but you just start to look at them differently and you become more resilient because of the tools that you have and what you practice. So it's so true. So what happened when you came back, um, you know, you've done Reiki level one and level two. After all of that unfolding and seeing like you took the red or the blue pill, (laughs) I love that analogy. Yeah. Once things started really like unfolding and opening up for you, what drew you into going further and doing your master level training? So at that time, I was still living in San Diego. And I think about five or six months after uh, Reiki level two training. Yeah, six. Sometime in September uh, 2013, I came to San Francisco with a friend that was visiting from Boston. And then we're sitting at a coffee shop near Union Square. And out of the blue, I told her, like, I have to move here. You know, that feeling was so strong. Yeah. It's been big, bigger than me. So I went back to San Diego, and I told my mom, I said, I want to move to San Francisco. <laughs> she was kind of, like, in shock, like, where did this come from? <laughs> and and uh, I started thinking how I would make it happen. So I asked my managers at work if I could keep my job and work remotely. Uh, so they eventually, they, they agreed to it, and December 1st, I remember, like three months later, there I was on my way to San Francisco, just a few belongings, whatever I could fit in my little car. Like, I left all the, you know, the stuff in my apartment back there, and my mom started leaving my place, and and I just 
wanted to start new and fresh in a new city without being so attached to, you know, all those material things. Like, mm-hmm. It was really, I felt it was a call for me to move. Yeah. And I hit that message. So I was really impressed how fast it happened. From the moment I made a decision to move, I realized the spirit guides were pretty serious about helping me manifest my desires and to trust the process and right. allowing myself to have the things that were meant for me. So that spiritually, it was a big step. I felt like being in San Francisco was what my soul needed at the time and still is. I'm still in the Bay Area. And it was a calling I had to hit. Uh, then I started volunteering at a Reiki, at a Reiki clinic. I joined some Reiki circles and met other practitioners and started to engage more with the local spiritual community. Now, of course, I was encountering difficult situations like we talked about. And I had moments that I felt lonely and I was experiencing a challenging relationship. And that's when I started listening more to your weekly podcast. And I would take notes and practice what was learned from you. Oh, wow. Then I finally like had the courage to walk away from the relationship and focus on self-love. That was huge for me. Now, that's when I I feel I felt that I started I took a big step on loving myself more no matter what. Right. And that was the beginning of another phase in my life. I I felt like I had to let go of anything that was blocking me from growing or that no longer served my higher self. Yeah. So around that time I took the Reiki Master level class with you. And of course, another energetic shift happened. It was going to be a, a bigger one. Because initially, it felt like I was experiencing mini earthquakes. Yes. <laughs> eventually, yes. the big one hit and shook my ground even more. So, um, but, you know, I loved it. I loved the training. And I felt like it wasn't the right time in my life. It was, I think I waited about a year and a half. Yes. From, yeah from level one until I took master level because he allowed me to practice and to go through all those different experiences on the sessions and even learning about myself before I could um, do master level. You know, I want to so, stop you there for a second yeah. and see if you your advice with people around that because that is so big too. Like a lot of people will reach out to me and they want to do one, two, and three like back to back and I you know, in the lineage that we teach, you can't even take master level for at least six months. You know, you have to wait some time anyway. But I try to explain to people the importance of that, giving yourself time in between so that you can really work through the new um, shifts and changes that come up for you with each level. So I just want to check with you really quick. Is there something you could... Um, how would you describe that to people who are wondering, like, if they took level one and they want to know... Is there any difference between the levels? Like, what happens in between, and did you notice any difference energetically from one, two, and three? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely big difference energetically. So, you know, the way I look, because I have a background in computer science, the way I associate it, you know, I make analogies. Like, you download a software on your computer or on your phone, and so eventually it needs an upgrade. So that's when you get other levels and it's upgrade bring something different, like has some different features and supposedly better, right? right. Um, but that changes the experience. So at every level I took transforms something in me. So I feel that's when you start getting deeper. So level one, it, it makes you, it helps you to get used to, you know, the using your hands for healing. It helps you to, it teaches you how to heal yourself. Yeah. So it's really a, it's a journey that at first you go within and you learn more about yourself. And then level two, you start focusing more on helping other people. Yes. Because you want to, I assume you want to become a practitioner. So you go into level two, at least for me, that was my interest. I wanted to be doing that more, more often professionally. Yeah. Um, but every level would change something because you're getting attuned to an even higher frequency, a higher energy. That's what it felt like. And it opened more your chakras. In my case, it affected a lot my third eye. I felt like after level two, I was able to see more clearly images while I was doing a session. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very visual. So I was image like I'm watching a movie. And 
I, like I said, if I try to make sense of them, it probably wouldn't make sense. And then I'll just tell the person what I saw and see, see if it makes sense to them. Sometimes they don't even understand, but it could mean something they're not aware of. Right. Um, so, yeah, every level changed something in me and maybe learn more about myself, more it changed the way I see life. But I recommend to, yeah, like wait at least six months to do master training because it's huge. It's such a big step. It changes you even more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have to be prepared for that. Yes. It's very important to practice Reiki very often. Yes. Because otherwise, why would you want to be a master if you're not practicing? Yeah. So really engage in your practice and learn more, more about, like, create your own technique. Like, you're still using Reiki, but you might be also incorporating other things that you're learning along the way. Yes. Uh, maybe card reading or clairvoyance, you know, all those other things, techniques that you might learn, and it might benefit your practice. So, um, for me, also, one of the reasons that I felt called to do masters was because I wanted to start teaching. Yes. Uh, teaching classes. So that was uh, one big reason why I chose master level. And how has that changed, um, or what have you learned from even that experience from, because, you know, in level one and level two, it, you do go through the, I mean, and it's ongoing, but you go through so much self-healing and self-realization and all of this. And then when you decided to, start sharing Reiki with other people, even beyond sessions and moving into teaching, did you learn about you even in that process of sharing, and did that change your practice in any way? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, first is one thing, like, when you sit in a class and you're learning, now it's a bigger step to share what you learn. Right. I, I think I, at the time, I was like, I'm scared. I don't know if I can teach a class. So I worked through that. I even enrolled in like a coaching program that for three months that will help me to uh, what was it, to prepare a class. Like because I was I was even though I had just finished level master level, I still wanted to build the confidence to teach. Yes. So I prepared the class and then I started um, with people I knew. So I my first class I think was. My students were my mom and uh, another friend. Yeah. So, yeah, that was great. You know, it helped me do my confidence and work on the material. And then after that, I, I taught a few other classes in San Diego and then in San Francisco as well. So I, you know, when you're preparing for a class, you also learn what you need to adjust and change. So everything that you do, I feel like that I do, it teaches me something about myself. It teaches me something about other people. Yeah. It helps me to figure out, like, how, how can I make this better? Or even watching you, like, you're so caring, like, you, all the, you always give us little gifts and, and crystals, and like, you have everything prepared. So that was very inspiring to me, and I did the same, you know, with my students. You know, yeah, so <laughs> I feel like you're you're putting all the love and you know, all this good intentions on that class. It's not just about passing on information. Yeah. You really want the people to, your, your students to connect with you, with you and benefit from what they're learning. Yes. So, yeah, that was very rewarding. I did stop teaching for a while because I got involved with other stuff in my life, um, yeah. other projects, but I, I'm going to start teaching again soon. It's so good. I can't tell you, like, I can't stop smiling this whole time listening to your story. One, because I didn't know this much background to your story before, but just, you know, Uh thinking back to, you know, meeting you, what, like three years ago up until now and just seeing how much you have grown and how much you've worked through and the way you're sharing now. And it's just, I'm so proud of you. And it's so exciting to see, you know, everything that you've done. So even beyond the teaching, I know that you started sharing with people in other ways. So I would love for you to talk about your blog and even like the audio um, work that you're doing. But can you also talk about overcoming that fear of sharing yourself? Because so many people want to share you know, their work or their messages. And, you know, a lot of us have to work through that, overcoming that. Mm -hmm. So how did you Mm -hmm. do that? Well, yes, it was very scary for me to share 
because I, I had a blog like before Ray had a blog that I'm sure poetry but mm-hmm. it's not like I send the links to other people it's there on the internet if you find it you find it you know I'm yeah. not like advertising myself but so you know I feel like once I create my website I would like to share with other people but then you start having those fears like oh what if people think I'm a woo-woo like people that <laughs> are not used to this or like she's gone crazy and I had to work on that to not worry about what other people are going to think because right. this is my journey. Like, I feel excited about writing my blog or about creating my audience and sh- like finding ways to share what I'm learning because it could benefit someone. Right. So I, I changed my, my thinking about it. Like, oh, instead of worrying about, you know, benefiting all, all this, this much, like 100 people, like maybe I could benefit one. Or even if nobody reads it, the learning process is for me. It's the, about overcoming my fear and finding a way to sh- express myself, to share my what I've learned. Yes. So it's like once you decide what's really important for you about sharing, it helps you move forward. So for me, I identified that it was it felt great. It was part of my calling. So I, you know, realizing how I feel when I share something without, you know, the you don't worry about what people are going to think. It's more about the process of when I share this, I feel good because I feel, I feel connected to my purpose. Yes. So that's, that's the mindset I started having in order to create content to share with other people. And, you know, at first I had fear about my accent or not having perfect English because English is not my first language. But now I don't even worry about it anymore. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, I hope they understand what I'm saying, but and I'll do my best, and I'm always trying to improve it. But I felt like that was a limitation I was putting on myself that it's not necessary anymore. It's, you know, when you have a calling, when you have a purpose, you're here to share it, to live that purpose. Right. And someone is going to benefit from that. Someone is going to connect with you, whoever you are. Because if you don't share, if you're always afraid of being who you are, you're not going to attract the people that have similar interests. You're not going to attract your tribe. You're always going to be stuck with the old tribe because you and you no longer can be there because it's not who you are anymore. Right. So, yeah, that, that was huge for me. Like, to really go through that process and feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, that, that's how I started sharing more. Um, then I created, I have a newsletter, like I'll send something out like once a month and share a few things that I'm doing or even a new blog post. So, yeah. <laughs> That's, it's so crazy. I'm like literally have tears in my eyes because I'm just like, I'm so. <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, I'm really going to make you cry. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to cry. This is crazy. No, but I'm just, I'm so proud of you. And it's just amazing, like, how much you are out there now. And I think it was because I, listening to you and I was thinking about even the conversations we've had and you've talked about that, like, oh, what about, you know, people don't understand me. And I'm like, are you crazy? You speak English better than most people that, you know, it's their first <laughs> language. But um, you, you have you really... Huh? No, you've just grown in so many ways and so beautifully. And just even hearing your voice and how you speak, I'm like, gosh, you could just hear like that light in you just in sharing mm-hmm. your story. And it's such a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I feel like when you are connected with yourself, that's why I tell people like, feel your emotions. Try mm-hmm. to be curious, like learn what you feel attracted to do and don't care what people think. Because right. there's always someone saying, oh, you shouldn't do that, or, you know, maybe, you know, you know you try to bring fear and you try to make you feel like you're not good enough for that. And, yeah, you can spend your whole life listening to them, or you can focus on more positive methods, on the ones that are really honoring you and motivating you, inspiring you. Yeah. Like, for me, I avoid negative news. Like, I avoid negative talk with, you know, like, Reading stuff sometimes on, on social media yes. it could be very depressing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I, you know, even if, if let's say I read something and it's like, oh my, my God, this is depressing. So right away, like I clear my energy field, like I focus back on myself and what I'm supposed to do instead of letting that linger and affect my day. 
Yeah. You know, because I feel like so many people are getting caught up on debates and it just doesn't take them anywhere. It just makes them frustrated and mad. And it's really important to uh, filter yeah. the information that we are, whatever we're reading or seeing. So it's kind of hard to do that with you because you're being, you have all this, you know, news feed with so much going on. But now I, I even like on Facebook, I create groups of things that I want to see, you know, yes. for specific people, like people that especially that I know that share things that are positive or inspiring. That way I can filter what, I, what I'm going to be reading or seeing in my day. It's not denial. Like, you know, you're aware of so much that's going on in the world, but the way I see it, like, can I help? Then I'll focus on it. If I cannot help, maybe I shouldn't read it right now. Yeah. And, you know, like, if I can send Reiki to this person or if I can send Helianity to this group, then I'll do it. Uh, but otherwise, I feel like it's a waste of my energy to be focusing on that and feel enraged. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's one thing I do, and I try to focus on positive methods. I listen to positive videos, uh, motivational videos. It's, I always think that way. Like, I said, since I was a teenager, I always read self-help books. That was a way for me to try to understand how people deal with their emotions and so I can learn more about myself, too. Yeah. So, That makes yeah. so much sense. And even with what you're saying, um, I want to ask you, too, can you share with people how you know, whether it's Reiki or, you know, your meditation, the other practices you use, how else do you incorporate all of this into other areas of your life? Because a lot of people think of Reiki and they think, oh, it's just this technique to use to help people balance their energy. But, you know, as you know, you can use these techniques and tools in every area of your life. So how has that helped you and how do you kind of infuse everything you've learned into maybe work, relationships, things like that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, when I was doing Reiki, I feel like I could help uh, people in a healing session, and I felt, you know, when you feel like, oh, my God, I have to help people now because I, I'm a Reiki practitioner, and then you start, so this is my process. I was I was starting to feel feeling like I have to save or fix something. <laughs> and that was a big responsibility and a big burden. Yeah. Until I realized, no, it's not my responsibility. It's not my job to fix or change anything. Right. I can, I'm just going to be a conduit. So that was very important because I, I feel like for a lot of people when they start learning Reiki, they feel like, oh, I'm going to help you. They feel like you always have to be there for someone. Yes. Or, helping them go or save them, you know? Yeah. I don't feel like that's the purpose of learning Reiki or even some other uh, healing techniques. Right. So for me, it was more about learning about myself and how I respond to things in my life. Because those spiritual practices help you to become more aware, more aware of who you are and also what you want to become. Mm Mm-hmm. So I meditate a lot, like I meditate daily, and that helps me to connect with my guides, it helps me to receive messages and listen to my intuition. So let's say like I need to make a decision on something, I meditate on it first, you know, instead of being, um, uh, instead of just jumping out like a conclusion or making a decision. And... They also help me to respond to things when, when I get upset. Like if someone says something to me and I didn't like it, you know, before I, I was just respond and overreact. I, was, I used to be sensitive, but in a, in a way that wasn't serving me. Now, I still feel those things. I'm not a robot. You, know, but you, you learn how to respond in a way that is healthier while you kind of step back and take a deep breath and you know, ponder on what happened yes. and try not to, I try not to be so selfish. Like, I don't have to be a big baby and ask and wanting this person to bend to my wishes. Like, they also have a need. There's a reason why they're saying no to me or there's a reason why they said this. So I try to be more compassionate instead of being judgmental. Yes. And that helps me, I mean, that shifts my perspective. It helps me to not be, to let the feeling to linger too long. You know, like, if I could be upset for an hour before, maybe I'll be upset for a week, you know? Right. It's, like, this is not serving me why I'm going to be holding on to it. 
So it does help you become more aware of your emotions, like how you react to things. And that can help you in general in life, you know, relationships with people, whether it's at work or in family, friends, anything. Like becoming aware of how you were triggered and how how you should handle you know, that situation better. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. um, so good. Huh? You know what? It really helped me to, like after Reiki Master Level, I enrolled in your one of your class, Intuitive, Intuitive Mastery. I think I was one of your first. Intuitive students. Mastery, yeah. Yeah, last year. And that's trained my, my six chakras a lot, like my intuition. Yes. That helped me to learn more about myself and parts of me that you needed healing, but I wasn't aware. Because we, we have this autopilot, right? Yes. We have all those old pictures in our minds and a subconscious that triggers certain behaviors. It triggers how we see things. But when you go deeper and you really look at them and like you become aware of them, you can heal. Because how are you going to heal something you're not aware of? Exactly. So I remember... <laughs> I remember in that class, I had moments that I was, like, crying because it reminded me of things of childhood or things that I haven't healed. So it was a really important process for me to look at my wounds and face them and let it go. Yeah. Um, that also helped me. Like, at the time, I was getting messages about other people while I was doing meditation. And I was feeling, like, very grateful for the progress and also feeling very moved by all those new things that I was learning. So right after that class, I enrolled on the on the six-month clairvoyance training. Yeah. And, and now, like, I'm clairvoyance level two. You know, it's, it's amazing, like, how much that even opened more. Yes. My ability to, to read. So you realize, like, possibilities are they're infinite. Like, once you start, start, you're constantly learning something new. It changes you. Like, it changes your perspective. It changes how you look at life. And but now that's I have, one of the yeah. things though I have to say about you, and you know, it's one of the things too I I really admire about you is you really put into practice what you learn. And you know, it's not like you just come to a class and then walk away and go, "Oh, that was fun." Like you really have um, taken in and made your practices your own and you really have um, done the work on yourself and I just wonder if you could share with people about that like the difference between you know because there may have been some classes where you know you go you show up and you just walk away what do you notice the difference and when you actually practice your practice and w what would you share with people about the benefits around that mm -hmm. Well, when you walk your talk, you are actually seeing the results, right? Yes. If you just talk about it, you just listen, and you don't do anything about it, nothing's going to change. Like, you are, you kind of lose your power. But once you realize, I have some power over this, over the situation, like, I don't need to be a victim all the, all the time. Right. You, you really want to do things that empower yourself. And like I said, I watch people there, how entrepreneurs accomplish something, like how successful people got to where they are. Like, I love reading biographies. And, you know, there's so much behind the scenes that we don't see. When someone accomplished something, you, you know, you congratulate them, but you don't know the process, like you don't know what they went through. Yes. And we all go to different processes, but we have to be willing to really look at the issue and solve it. You know, I, I remember there's a the Einstein code, so you cannot solve a problem with the same mindset that you created it. Yes. So you have to be willing to sh change your perspective and practice what you're learning. Even if you don't know if it's going to work. Like, if you don't try, you're not going to know. So exactly. for me, like I said, I used to listen to your podcast and I'll take notes. I even have like a notebook with notes from <laughs> years ago. <laughs> and I was going through that. I was like, wow, this was so helpful for me at the time. And it's still like if I have a similar situation, I'm sure I could apply that now. Um, but, yeah, you have to practice what you're learning if you want to see a result. And try to um, not always depend on someone for the healing. Yes. That's why I feel like everybody should learn Reiki Level 1 so they can heal themselves or at least start the process of healing themselves without always, always expecting someone to fix for them. Yeah. You know? So, um 
Yeah, I think being curious helps for you to experiment and try things and realize that we are, we're all here to learn. We're all here on this journey to learn about ourselves and build better relationships and make better choices, I guess, as we go, you know, as we make mistakes. Like, do I want to continue making the same mistakes over and over? No. So I guess I have to act in a different way or change my thinking. Yes. Otherwise, you'll be getting the same results. So... You're so wise, <laughs> Renata. It's like all this wisdom today just coming out of you. This is the best. I am so glad. Like you <laughs> finally, again, I'm going to kind of tease you about that after three years. I'm so glad that you finally came on to share your story and your messages because you have. I mean, just listening to you, I seriously have been smiling this entire time because it's like the messages and listening to your story and how you've worked through everything I'm sure it'll be so helpful and inspiring to so many people but it really is like making my heart smile so big I'm like oh this is beautiful it's so amazing yeah so with everything that you're doing now I know you mentioned the blog but you're going to start doing some audio or like a podcast and things like that right yeah, I do want to make a start a podcast eventually, but I feel like I'm doing baby steps. So yes. So creating audio right now from my website was a big step for me. Like, I was so proud of myself. Like, I, sometimes I record it on my computer or on my phone, and anytime I feel inspired, there's a message coming, like, I close my eyes and I start talking. Yeah. And that before, I you know there was a block there, but now I feel it's flowing more. And I'm sure that a lot more to open, like, for me to share. This is, I feel like this is just the beginning. And I'm being patient with myself, too. That's another thing. Like, we sometimes want to jump the gun, and we want, like, move from point A to Z. Yes. Like, there's all, this, all the letters and alphabet <laughs> to jump through, and <laughs> you got to learn the process. Yes. So, I remember, I think it was about two years ago, you did a reading for me, and I, I mentioned that I wanted to start maybe a circle. Like, I want to step out of my comfort zone. And I think you told me to, like, start my own circle instead of always going to someone's circle. Someone, yes. Uh, meeting. So I finally had, like, my first Reiki circle. Some friends, like, practitioners, they came to my place uh, about two weeks ago. Congratulations. Um, I don't, Thank you. Yeah, I invited uh, three friends, and I feel so honored that they came and we were able to share. Um, not just Reiki, but we sat down in a circle, and then we talked about uh, the fifth chakra. So that was really great, and I appreciated that they came. And uh, I feel like I want to do more of that. Yes. So that felt really good. It felt like a, a big step for me, because now it feels more natural. Right. It feels like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> Two years ago, I was like, oh, no, I can't do this. <laughs> that was so scary. So <laughs> it's so interesting, like, when you start connecting with what makes you, what brings you joy, like, what's your bliss, you know, like, follow it. Yeah. Follow your bliss and, and try things out. Like, I was also, I wanted to volunteer, like, not just at the Reiki clinic. I, I wanted to work with kids, so I signed up for, to work at a, with a nonprofit. I worked there for, like, about two months, and I was teaching kids on, like, art projects. And then at some point I stopped because I wanted to get involved with other things. But I always allow myself to try what I feel like. Because I don't know what's going to be like. So I was like, okay, then I'm going to sign up and I'm going to do it and see what it feels like for me. If, yeah. if it's something I want to continue doing or not. Otherwise, I'll be just wondering. You know, like, taking action is very important to realize what you like and you don't like. Um, that's how, that's why I always had a different hobby of trying different things because I never put restriction on myself or what I could experience. So that is so, yeah. that's like really powerful. And I think that's a good one because a lot of times we do, we just think about what we want to do or we talk about, Oh, one day, maybe sometime, maybe not, you know, and there's so many things we don't try or we limit ourselves from and it's like why why do that like just you never know unless you try so I think that's such a beautiful message for us in every aspect of our life like maybe you'll have to do uh -huh. a, one of your audios about that <laughs> teach yeah, us all yeah. something <laughs> yeah 
Say it again. I said you could teach us all something because you are, I mean, you are very, not just adventurous. I don't even know if you know like how bold and brave and courageous that is the way you are. Like you really, it's like you get an idea and you're like, I'm out there. I'm going to try it. I mean, even the marathon and the bike riding, everything you did this year, I'm like, gosh, she's doing something different every time I look. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's crazy. Yeah, you're ready since I did the bike ride. Yeah. But it's like you're really living life. I think that about you is what is so inspiring. And I hope that people really get that from what you shared today. I think that is one of the most beautiful things that even I've learned from you, I would say, is to live your life. Like you really get in there and live life. Like you could not say your life is boring. You might have things you go through, but you do not have you know, a boring life. You really live it to the fullest, and that's just such a cool thing about you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I do have moments that I, and I do get a little impatient. Like, I face my dark side, and it's not always pretty. Mm-hmm. It feels like sometimes like a butterfly coming out of this cocoon, but we all go through that, and now doing those spiritual practices, it feels like it happens more often, yeah. right? But because I have my spirit guides, I realize they don't mess around. Like <laughs> they don't. They, yesterday I was having this meditation. I started having all these different this visions since childhood. Because I, I think I was asking them for something that I haven't received yet. Uh-huh. And they told me, when do we ever deny what you wanted? Right. I, I was like shocked. Because it's like sometimes there's certain things that would take longer, like, there's more to the equation, you know? Like, there's more that needs to happen in order for this to uh, realize in your life. So and then I start getting, I start seeing this moving in my head, like I close my eyes, seeing that everything, how everything unfolded for me since when I got into entered college, I started entering to university, and all the stuff that I was accomplishing in my life, manifesting, and I was like, whoa. I'm like, okay, I get the message. Let me close the book. Right. Let me. I get the message. So it's really wonderful to work with guides. Yeah. You know, it's like, don't be afraid of them. Like sometimes I recruit new guides. Like I have my main healing masters. Like I have two healing masters that work with me all the time. But let's say like I want to work on something specific. And I go to, like, meditation and go to astral plane, and they come with me. And I say, okay, I need to recruit some, a new spirit guide that's going to help me. Yeah. That. And then I just, it's kind of like they're doing an interview with some spirit guide yes. to help me with that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we just, uh, we just have another member in our team. Yeah. You know, and I write down the name. Whatever name comes to me, I write it down, and then I write on my journal, so then I can call upon that guide when I need. I, I feel like they're there to help us. Like, they want to work with us. Yeah. Trying to get our attention. Like, keep the message, you know? I I pay attention. I love numbers. And I, if I never write license plates, like, that's the thing I have since I was a teenager. But then, because numbers speak to me so loudly, I, I pay attention to numbers they're repeating. Yeah. And I feel like, okay, they're trying to send me a message. Then I look it up. Like, there's this uh, angel numbers, like they give you the description of the number. Yeah. And usually the number I see has something to do with what I'm going through or what's coming up for me. Like every time I'm going to move somewhere, or there's a big change. I start seeing the same numbers over and over. And then I look them up and it makes total sense to me. Yeah. It's so there's so, so many ways, like they're speaking to us. You know, yeah. we just have to tune in, like really pay attention to it. I think that's like one of the main things with all of this is us just becoming more consciously aware of what is going on within ourselves, like paying attention to ourselves, paying attention to our healing, being present, and then also being aware of the guidance that is surrounding us all the time. I think that's what Reiki and meditation, all of these different tools have really like helped me with personally is just being consciously aware of what is really going on and like all the possibilities that are out there. It's like, we're so fortunate and we're, we're just amazing beings, like so much more amazing than we grow up learning, you know? So it's Uh cool to have these experiences and start to really 
understand the different layers of our lives and who we are and what exists. So, mm-hmm. ah, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that contains so much, you know, like, I feel when we go through this process, like, we have to be willing to face our wounds. Yeah. To heal them so we can move forward. Right. It's really refreshing to and liberating. Like, when you let go of your grudges, you forgive people and have more compassion for them. Yeah. Before, it was so so hard for me to let go. Like, if I had a breakup or there's someone, a friend upset me, like, I'll hold on to it for, long, for so long. And it wasn't beneficial to me. Yeah. But now, instead of blaming someone for how I felt in the past, I choose not to be a victim of that past any longer. Like, just accept it for what it is and what it was. Right. And, and I work on rebuilding myself, like recreating a new reality for myself. Because I have all those tools that I can work with, so why I'm going to be dwelling so much in the past? And you know, I, and I don't no longer like focus on blaming someone for my feelings. Because when you do that, you give away your power. Yeah. You totally give away your power. It's so, so true. You know, yeah. My motto now is like, let it hurt, let it heal, and let it go. <laughs> let it hurt, let it heal, let it go. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love like, that. Go through all those processes. You know, yeah. Feel your pain. Like, don't suppress your pain either. Right. Don't pretend it's not there. Um, you know, we are humans. Like, there are days that we're sad, there are days that we're happy. And when we have those emotions that bring us down, like, hey, maybe I want to stay with this. Like, I want to feel this way right now because it hurts. It's not something I can change overnight. But then I allow myself to go through, go through the healing process. And eventually I let it go to the point that it no longer burns me or hurts me yeah so and that again it's like one of the beautiful like so many lessons I mean gosh there's just like a constant unlayering and for anyone who is doing the work already or anyone thinking about it it is like on ongoing journey like you just keep unlayering and revealing and learning and expanding and it's so so amazing and Mm -hmm. um yeah, I mean, I wish now I'm like, gosh, it's too bad the podcast is ending. I would love to have you back on again to share, <laughs> like, just on different topics that you've brought up today. But I know that the good news is people can still reach out to you. Um, if you want to connect with Renata, she does beautiful work. She's a beautiful intuitive and healer, and she does distant sessions. And you're going to start teaching again, right, in San Diego, San Francisco? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm in the Bay Area now, but yeah. I'm in San Diego often. So, like, if someone in San Diego wants to take a class with me, like, we can set up a private class or, yeah. or a small group, so... But definitely, too, you know, you can reach out to her. She does distant work, um, Reiki sessions and intuitive readings. So, um, but again, like we talked about a little earlier, you can learn more about her journey. And even the insights that she shares are so beautiful in her blog and her new audio um, gifts that she's offering. So go to her website, which is whiteeaglereiki.com. That's whiteeaglereiki.com. Com. And Renata, I want to thank you so much for coming on to share with us today. Thank you. Thank you. I want to share one last quote that I, you know, I, it's from Joseph Campbell. It says, your sacred space is where you can find yourself again and again. Your so, sacred like, space is where you can find yourself again and again. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, like, really tune in with yourself. Like, learn how to listen to the inner voice, you know, that is always trying to guide you and follow your bliss, follow your curiosity. That is like the best message of all. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> follow your bliss. And you have been doing it so beautifully. And it has been amazing um, to watch your journey. And again, I'm so glad you came on before the show was ending. So thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. I, I thank you. Like, I feel so honored to be on the show. Like, I got to hop on the train before it's gone. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on the show. Like, oh, man. But then I feel, like, so excited, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was huge. And I uh, appreciate you uh, inviting me to be a guest. Of thank course. You. Oh, you are so welcome. I'm so thankful that you came. And I have to say to everyone that is here, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Reiki Radio. 
Um, we only have a few episodes left. So if you do want to come on, share your story about your journey with Reiki, healing, transformation, whatever it is you are learning, whatever it is you're going through, we still have a few weeks left. You can still come on the show. If you're interested, you can email me, um, contact me through my website, which is uchi.com. That's Y-E-W-C-H-I.com. And since I announced that the show is going to end, I've received a lot of emails from you all talking about how you would like to share your own voice or start your own podcast. So I am offering a complimentary webinar the end of this month on August 30th, where I will share with you everything I learned about podcasting and help you with starting out your own. Um, I'll share with you what I learned not to do and things that will help you to start and sustain a successful podcast or just sharing your voice in any way. So I hope you will join us. You can register for that through my website, uchi.com. Go to the special offers tab and I hope you all have a beautiful day. Thank you again, Renata. And everyone, remember to always journey in love.